irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to The Horse Ownership Experience with Billy Koch and Michelle Yu, right here on LA Talk Radio. Ownership experience brought to you by TaylorMade Stallions and California Chrome, champion California Chrome, multiple grade one winner, Kentucky Derby winner, Dubai World Cup winner. Call Travis White, 859-885-3345 to book your mare today for a late cover of California Chrome. And it's exciting to see his babies hit the ground soon. It is Tuesday, May 21st. This is the Horse Ownership Experience. I'm Billy Koch. I'm the founder and managing partner of the Little Red Feather Racing Club. With me, as always, the one and only fantastic and fabulous Michelle Yu. Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Billy. Do you get introduced like that on your daily broadcast at Santa Anita? Uh, Pete does say things about me, yes. Like the other day, he said, vivacious. Vivacious. Yeah. Well, so if I said that, though, I would be misogynistic, right? Why? I don't know. That's what people say. Like, if I say one thing, they get on me. I think that's the stupidest thing ever. I, I, well, that's the, am, that's the I political... I so not like a, one of those like super um, feministic PC people. If you want to give me a compliment by calling me vivacious or any other thing that you say about me, I am for it. You go ahead and do that, boy. Okay, well, do it on her Twitter account, on the show's Twitter account, which is at Ona Horse or at the Michelle Yu at BKLRF. We have a lot of stuff to go over today. We have Brian Trump coming on the show, not... No relation. No relation to President Trump, so no no need for anybody to turn off the show right now. Uh, (laughs) Brian just started Supreme Racing. Brian used to be uh, work with Rockingham Ranch. We're going to find out all about his uh, horse racing experience and horse ownership experience. See what I did there? Mm-hmm. I yeah, like it. You like that. Uh, we had an incredible, incredible Preakness stakes, Michelle. I'll I'll turn it over to you for the recap. I believe we were both kind of right. I mean. Did, I don't think we did a full contender pretender, but uh, I think that it was pretty obvious that we liked War of Will, and he looked great, I thought, winning that race. Uh, perfect trip. Congratulations to Gary Barber, Mark Cassie. Tyler Gaffleone. Tyler Gaffleone. And uh, I, it was kind of a, it was a really nice redemption story. And for right. those people, I, I'm just going to say it, Michelle, for the people who thought War of Will couldn't have won the derby they've got a i just don't understand that argument i don't uh, understand the argument there's so no 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 there's people who said oh uh he he ran seventh he didn't really have a chance it didn't affect him like i think i think they're crazy and i i think right. we said that before that you and i spoke a call and i think that war of will proved everybody uh who felt that way 
right. And I think it was a nice redemption story. Uh, good for Mark Cassie. Uh, Gary Barber refuses to come on our show for some reason, but we're still going to work on him. Um, and, that, and that was really great of them to bring him back. Like they wanted to prove, look, he, we didn't cause a big old fuss in the Derby, but we want to prove that this horse is good. Um, and they obviously did that, but you know, they, they had, I don't want to say nothing to gain, but you know, in this time when all these other people decided to bypass, they were like, Oh no, we're, we're going to go. So you have to give them kudos for that. And you know, this is a perfect example of just because you didn't win the Derby doesn't mean the Preakness is not prestigious enough. I mean, you know, this is a race that is one of the triple crown races it's an, it's an american classic and to be able to win it kudos i would love to win the Preakness. right i think it would be amazing how about uh bodie express because that's what everyone talked about then yeah i don't understand it i mean he, he stumbled badly or didn't break great johnny v he lapped in tr- the air. tried tried to stay on he couldn't and he ran around there we've seen it a million times why is that a story I don't know. Oh, well, I think the first the first story was because, oh, he was loose and then he had to be caught. Um, and the second part, I think people were saying that the it should have been declared a non-starter because the, the starter was holding him. But I think it was clear, from my opinion, that the horse caused his own problem. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't even want to go into it, Michelle, because okay, I think it's good. such a non-story. Um, gambling, uh, gam- Catholic boy. Well, can I just tell you about my horrible Preakness gambling story? Oh, yeah. Because I don't have many. I, I have a lot of them, but I don't usually talk about them on the air. But I loved War of Will. And I okay. had, I bet exactas and trifectas, War of Will, all over three horses. Warrior's Charge, Laughing Fox, and um, the Mar- uh, Always Mining. Mm-hmm. And when we turned for home, I thought I couldn't lose. And... Everfast at 29 to 1 comes in for the exacta and Owendale outruns Warriors Charge at 12 to 1 for the try and Laughing Fox who was like 30 to 1 was rolling late too. I I know I bet that. And I was like I just I just biffed the whole thing. I was terrible. Terrible. Didn't even make a win bet on War of Will. Just had exactas and tries. Oh, no. Billy. I mean, can you I believe that? I bet a win bet on War of Will, and I bet a win bet on Laughing Fox, and I bet a win, or I bet a exacta Laughing Fox and War of Will. Yeah, just, it, I was terrible. Anyway, uh, the rest of the card, Preakness card, you're talking about your favorite horse, Catholic Boy, who Catholic owned by uh, La Penta and Madiket and like four other people who I don't know, um, and uh, just made a big stallion deal. Did you see that? Yeah. Um, I did. I didn't. I actually didn't read the thing. I just saw that he's committed now. Yeah, I believe it's Claiborne. Claiborne. Yeah, yeah. Claiborne. So, uh, congratulations to that crew, Jonathan Thomas. Great job bringing him off the layoff. And Catholic Boy, you know, he he's one of those interesting horses. It reminds me um, a little bit of Midnight Storm, who uh, our sponsor Taylor Made stands, uh, and we had a close connection to because he has won uh, graded stakes on both dirt and turf. Mm-hmm. And you know, Michelle, it's interesting because sometimes in the breeding world, I, I'm not sure if that's a positive or a negative. I think right, it's a positive. I, I think it's a positive. Why wouldn't you reward a horse that could run on every any surface? Mm-hmm. Well, and I also think it's funny too. Like we'll take him for example, and you know, obviously he's been able to stay a mile and a quarter multiple times. And well, he won the Travers. Like, always buy more than ready, and more than readies don't go that far. It's like, but he did. So like, right. yes, there's something to be said about genetics, but like there's something to be said about a horse that bucks his genetics. You have to kind of have a little bit of faith in him, right? I I couldn't agree with you more. I could, he I, is a Ridgeling, by the way. He's a Ridgeling. Well, it's okay because we're not close to the horse but they know if he might have a testicle that's uh hasn't been descended 
or AP Indy was also originally. That's correct. I believe Honor Code is also originally. So many Ridgelines. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. Riggs. Um, Let's see. The Chick Lane went to Lexingtonian. Mitchell Road won the Gallerette, and she is the sister of Country House. Yeah, they've had a good couple of weeks. She won a great three event on turf. They've had a good couple of weeks, huh? And uh, uh, Lex and Tony, and congratulations to our friend Jack Sisterton, who trains for Calumet. That was so awesome yeah. for him. Good job, Jack. That was a very exciting race. Uh, New York Central took the Maryland Sprint, which I didn't watch that race. Hmm. Did you? I can't remember. There were so many um, dang races this weekend. How about, by the way, um, Kofifi? Oh, Kofifi. Konfifi. In the Miss Preakness Now, do you know that, that that's a... the track record. And running remarkable, like 107 and change, owned by L&J Foxwoods, and uh, trained by Brad Cox, I believe? Yep. And she... Do you know the name history of that? I know that, it's, like... It's something Trump. To, something to do with Trump. Yeah. And then um, Ruben, who is uh, one of our wagering ambassadors at Santa Anita, jumped on and, like, reserved the name. And gave oh, it to really? Fox words. It was a humorous way to say uh, BS by uh, POTUS Donald Trump. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I thought he was like screwing up someone's name or something. No, no, he does. He did that with orange. Um, okay. And he was trying to say origins and he couldn't say it. So he said orange, oranges. Wow. Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, and a huge day for Javier Castellano as well. He won five races on, I believe, the, on the. Black Eyed Susan's Day. Yeah, and he won, and he won the Black Eyed Susan aboard... Um, My fi- Girl and Lady? Oh, no, that no, was that, uh, no. Point of Honor. Point of Honor for Eclipse Thoroughbreds, who bought into that filly after her first start. Uh, trainer George Weaver got the win. Looks like a nice filly. Uh, we'll move on to that big... You know, Michelle, let me ask you a quick question before we get to Brian Trump. There are these huge days now. They, they, they used to be called like Super Saturdays, but now they're just mm-hmm. huge days. They're almost like mini Breeders' Cup days. Um, Santa Anita's going to have one maybe Sunday or Monday, has several grade ones. I think there, How many grade ones are at Santa Anita this weekend? Three grade ones on Monday, and then we have two graded stakes Sunday and three graded stakes on Saturday. Right, and then on uh, a Belmont day, there's like eight grade ones. I mean, it's like every category Yeah, that's for, like the best day. Yeah, for um, for it's like a Breeders' Cup. It's a Breeders' Cup preview halfway through the year, and it's going to be uh, it, it should be great. Well, Did you like these days? In, because I I do. It's because it really builds like a fever of excitement, and like you know, you want to get people out there for multiple days. A lot of times, like that, it's like a win and you're in situation day for Breeders' Cup, like you said. And I think it just makes it really fun to have like so many good races and it really gathers a lot of people to you know ship in and give it a whirl a lot of people might not ship in one horse from somewhere far away just to run in one race but if they can ship four or five and run the whole day then it makes a little bit more sense so i think it's really a great way to get more horses into the race and be exciting for the betters because those races end up being you know super crazy to handicap and yeah they're they're uber competitive they're the best horses and usually i'm I mean, I learned a long time ago that generally, and this is obviously there are outliers, but generally horses, uh, good horses run to their figures, right? So you can, you're going to find more consistency in allowance races and stakes races than you will in lower level claiming races. Would you agree with that? Yes. Okay. 
So I think it's good for betters too, and I agree. I think these days uh, put horse racing on the map, and we need we need all the positive energy we can get because we're continually continually under a microscope. Uh, we had some incidents this weekend, Michelle. I know you can't really talk about them as an employee of Santa Anita, but um, I can, and I can say that I think Santa Anita coming down on some of these uh, what we will call bad students um, is a good thing. I'm going to go out this Billy soapbox. I think that some of these trainers who are doing these things, and we don't need to go into too much depth here. I'm sure people have heard about it, and and um, but I, I think they're ridiculous, and I think they are not being intelligent in the time that we are, or even the time that we we are not. Uh, uh, the the landscape of our industry right now is one of extreme peril, and everyone in the industry, owners, trainers, jockeys. Grooms, blacksmiths, vets, anybody uh, has to be aware of where we are and they have to be uber careful of how they handle these horses and do not put your horse in jeopardy. There's my soapbox for the day, Michelle. Okay. We did have one more stake at Santa Anita too. Sorry. Barrero. Oh, yeah. Um, Mucho Gusto. Very impressively won by Mucho Gusto. Mucho this Gusto. is the type of year, this is the kind time of year, by the way, that so Bob Baffert is now, you know, won 150 maiden races he has won yeah. multiple stakes and put every one of his horses on the derby trail yeah and now this is the time that he goes all right you you know rest of the barn that didn't really qualify for the right. derby everyone cut back yeah and you're a sprinter now horses out of the water it's like <laughs> insane right now it's like all of a sudden Baffert's that's pretty good win like 95 three-year-old stink, uh, sprint races right that's pretty good and he's got amazing two-year-olds coming up too um okay so uh we're gonna talk to brian trump uh, Ronan, get him on the line when you can. I know you're listening in there. I know you thoroughly enjoy uh, listening to us. Billy, where's your wife been? My wife was with her mom in uh, Detroit and Canada. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's coming back. Actually, I'm actually after the show, I'm going to go pick her up at the airport. Oh, like I a was good just wondering because she, you know, I didn't know if she was in the studio lately because I haven't been. There. Oh no, she has not been in here. My mom threatened to come on. I know she's listening, and uh, she threatened to come on today, but didn't want to make the trip. Uh, okay. Brian, Brian, are you on? I am. Hey, Hi, Brian. Brian. Hey, Brian. How's it? How y'all doing today? We're doing great. Brian Trump here on the Horse Ownership Experience. Brian, um, uh, let's just get let's talk a little bit. We're going to talk about Supreme Racing. We're going to touch on your transformation. We're going to touch on your social media because we, Michelle and I, are both amazed by how much you do. Um, but before we do that, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into racing. Yeah, of course. Uh, so. Basically, um, about six years ago, uh, my wife sent me down to uh, Del Mar with her father. At the time, uh, uh, you know, she, she, we were just dating, and she said, uh, "Why don't you spend some time with my dad, get to know him?" Got uh, got a chance to go down to Del Mar and watch uh, one of Gary's uh, early Rockingham Ranch horses run, and just absolutely fell in love with the sport. Um, you know, for me, there was a uh, a void after playing college baseball and that career came to an end and I needed some sort of, some sort of competitive aspect. And, uh, there was just so much information that I needed to soak in about the sport. And it was so interesting that, uh, I fell in love with it right away. When you, when you did that, and that was your, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but that was your first introduction to the game. So obviously there is a large learning curve in horse racing. How did you tackle it at, at, at the outset? I think you just really, uh, you know, you have to be a sponge. I, I literally uh, immersed myself uh, in it. I, I did a lot of research. I, um, I 
got together with with some of the guys that uh, Gary was hanging out with at the time and literally just asked questions and and spent the time uh, trying to understand the the breeding aspect of it, the training aspect of it, the the uh, you know everything that could possibly go uh, you know be a part of the sport and and I think that's really what it comes down to is if you have a if you have a passion for something new I, I think you really do anything you can to just try and take it all in. And so, uh, obviously, I know uh, Gary was uh, heavily involved with Pete Miller at the time. I know he has bloodstock agents. Did you go to sales as well, or were you primarily just a... I, I know your your title, and correct me if I'm wrong, was a racing manager for... Uh, you ultimately became the racing manager for Rockingham Ranch. So, um, tell us a little bit about your involvement on a day-to-day activity as, quote-unquote, the racing manager. Yeah, sure. I mean, originally it started out as just helping Gary out with some paperwork and uh, going out to the track. Uh, that was early on, about five years ago. And then uh, started traveling with him to, uh, you know, some of the, the bigger races, um, whether it would be uh, to Dubai, our first time with XY Jet, uh, or uh, Churchill with Finnegan's Wake, or, or, or really just immersing myself in the culture um, and ultimately taking on more and more responsibility Uh um, you know, making sure paperwork as far as uh, all licenses were everywhere, going to some of the sales and and uh, learning uh, the, the process of the sales, uh, getting involved in private purchases on horses, uh, and then ultimately getting in on uh, weekly meetings and conversations with the trainers as far as um, entering horses into races, going down to our facility down at the San Luis Rey where we, we were stabled uh, with, with Peter at the time, and... Um, you know, just doing inventory on the horses every week, finding out how everyone's doing, um, uh, spots that we're looking forward to them with the, uh, you know, if horses need to be sent out for um, uh, for some time off. I mean, really, just providing Gary as much information as possible by uh, being involved all the time. I like this notion of the weekly meeting. Was it? Is it, I've assumed with Pete. Did I know Paul Redham does this? He brings Mario Gutierrez. He brings uh, Paul uh, Doug O'Neill. Paul O'Neill, great. Um, you got me thinking baseball. Uh, but but do, tell, give us a little insight. So you guys just sit around. You have your list of horses. You go through a condition book. You say, "Here's what we. Here's our plans for this horse." Is that pretty much what goes on? Pretty much. I mean, uh, at the time, you know, uh, I sat down with Gary. Uh, I, I provide him a list of of all his horses, we, you know, we've got, we got inventory as far as, uh, you know, purchase prices, last race, uh, you know, PPs on each one of them and, and just reviewing them and then going one by one with Pete on where he thinks they should be running next and, uh, and where they're currently at, you know, somewhere with, with Pete at San Luis Rey, somewhere with him at, uh, either at Del Mar or Santa Anita, depending on where the meet was and others were out on the farm and, and we really just have to go one by one every week. And, um, uh, you know, make sure that everyone is accounted for, especially as the, the operation grew. I, you know, at first it was about 10 horses and, and ultimately I think he's at 92 right now. Oh my so, goodness. Uh, 92. That's almost overwhelming. That's I mean, incredible. I can't even believe that. Uh, yeah. I mean, we, we manage, um, just racehorses, not necessarily in pin hooking and sales, but we have about 35 and it is, it's daunting. I mean, I, I can't imagine yeah. doing 92. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I don't think we could imagine that at the beginning, too. I mean, ultimately, it was uh, first going to be just a racing operation, and then and then uh, we ended up retiring some of our, our fillies that uh, we just couldn't bear let go, and they ended up becoming broodmares. And I think that's kind of when the whole breeding operation started, and as, as years go by and you just keep doing that, you, you end up having to <laughs> partner up with a stable because or a, a farm, excuse me, because you end up with 
you know, 20, 20, 30 mares that need to go to uh, stallions. Um, and then you start building in whole different kind of relationships with, with, uh, the stallion farms. And, uh, then, you know, you end up retiring a couple of your own stallions. Uh, uh, it's, it's, crazy that's so crazy so the whole time you're there and you're you know absorbing all this knowledge that you're being given um and as a racing manager i'm sure you get to make some calls but you know not the owner now you've moved into the ownership realm as you started supreme racing so can you tell us a little bit about that progression and what you liked that you took from managing rockingham into this new venture yeah absolutely um i think that as you mentioned, you know, I'm involved in the conversations weekly with, with, with Gary and Pete, but ultimately the decisions come down to uh, their decisions. And right. um, for me, there, there, there were decisions that, that I really truly, you know, feel strongly about. And I start to develop my own decisions and, and I wanted to be um, ultimately the, the, the one making my own decisions. So uh, I think this this past year it was a slow progression. I started to get involved on my on my own and, and based on the relationships that I had grown with um Rockingham Ranch, I, I felt that I, I wanted to to make that step on on to really horse ownership on my own. So I, I think there's been so many great young uh, ownership groups uh, and owners that have, have got into the sport in the last year and, and they're having a lot of success. And I don't see why I, I can't try and replicate that uh, kind of success. And what is your kind of game plan? I mean, you talk, we talked to Gary on our show quite a while back and he talked about how, you know, the portfolio grew from just a few to his goal was to have a horse for every race. Um, you know, when you're talking about just being a, a solo guy, I don't think you necessarily have aspirations of a hundred horse stable. So what were your thoughts going into it? Well, first, first and foremost, I, I, I don't want to grow too big too fast. I think that 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 can be dangerous. So I would like to keep it small um, and select. I would would lo- I, I don't need to have a horse running in every race. I'm not as, as much into the action as, as Gary is, um, but I do have some specific goals. I, you know, for for Rockingham Ranch, they've had a ton of success. Um, in the past five years, specifically in sprinting horses. And while uh, that has been absolutely amazing, um, for me, I would like to try and expand into something different a little bit, try something new. I would love to to partner up with some trainers that have had more success uh, running, you know, two turns. Um, I'd like to to partner up with bloodstock agents that specifically are looking for horses that that are, you know, classic horses um, with, with aspirations, of course, of, of getting to the Kentucky Derby or, or, you know, running in some of these, these big classic races. So I think that would be the ultimate goal for me um, all while, you know, keeping it manageable at this point. <laughs> and then uh, we'll see where it goes from there. Tell us uh, as Brian Trump here on the horse ownership experience, Brian, tell us a little bit about the creation of Supreme, uh, the name, uh, are, are, is this just you or is 90s, this, is this, uh, stall guards? Yeah, <laughs> is this a, is this a partnership? Are you partnering with people? Is this just you and your wife? Just uh, give us a little explanation of, of what it is. Yeah. Supreme racing is, is really just, uh, uh, as far as the name goes, just sitting around and, and saw somebody's t-shirt that said Supreme on it and thought that'd be kind of a cool, uh, racing name. 
But um, as far as, a, as an operation goes, it, at this point, it's really just my wife and I. We, we don't have any partners in Supreme Racing. However, we have partnered up with other owners on some horses. Okay. So um, ultimately, you know, uh, it just comes down to where the horses lead us. Um, but as far as a, as a stable itself, it, it's really just uh, Nikki and I, and, and we're really excited to uh, to hit the ground running here. We we should have some some two year olds running here in the next month, and uh, very excited to to see how they pan out. And what what we mentioned Pete Miller with Rockingham. Uh, I've read, or I think I uh, obviously in your social media, you're using different trainers. Tell us about the selection process that you went through to find a trainer of your own, and who had, who did you end up using, or are using multiple trainers? Uh, well, that, that's definitely something that that was uh, a goal of mine. I should say a goal. That was something that that really was important to me. Is I, I wanted to to mix it up. I, I didn't want to have all my eggs in one basket. I wanted to to work with multiple trainers um, and and select those trainers based on which I felt best fit each horse. So um, I I have partnered up with about uh, I think I'm let's see right now that four different trainers that I'm utilizing and. Um, and uh, I mean, you know, not totally comfortable sharing uh, at this point. What who they all are, but I, I mean, this is next, this is big time in podcasting. In the next, <laughs> we well, need we, 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 one, one starter, and then you posted a video of a Stanley Ray horse. I can guess who that one is because I can see the yeah. sound. Yes, <laughs> I mean, come yeah, on, there are no I secrets. Think, I think people will pretty much figure it out. But uh, um, yeah, I mean, you know. Uh, as you can tell from the saddle cloth, I, I, I do have uh, some horses with uh, Keith DeSormo. Very excited to be working with Keith. I think he's got a, a proven record of of going to sales and um, uh, selecting horses at yearling sales for uh, relatively inexpensive prices relative to um, uh, the other horses being purchased at those sales. Yeah, and then getting uh, the most out of them as possible. Uh, you know. He's done an amazing job he's, he's in, in his career with that and uh, hoping that uh, one of the ones that we have together uh, goes on that same journey. Brian, it sounds like you're very comfortable letting other people do their jobs. Um, you know, you guys had a big operation. You were the racing manager there. And now coming into your own, it doesn't feel like you you need to have your hand on everything. Like you said, I'm willing to work with Bloodstock guys. Keith has this proven record. I mean, it sounds like you're regulating yourself to a strictly managerial position without too many fingers in your pies. Yeah, I, I think that's the, 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 the way to, to do it personally. Um, you know, you can't micromanage people. Uh, you, you really have to let them do their thing. At the same time, I, I you know, you, you like to, to be involved and, and, and at least um, uh, just be kept up to date and, and, and have all the information, but, but really just ultimately let them do their thing. So uh, I, I think that's been, been successful for Rockingham Ranch. And uh, hopefully uh, that continues on for me with the uh, Supreme Race. What about the names for your oh, horses? I was just going to say that, oh, Michelle. Sorry, I'll no, let you go, Billy. Go no, ahead, no, go no. Ahead. You do it. Well, I no because uh, uh, obviously we we are we struck it big in 2004. Our very first horse was named after an athlete, Singletary. And and Brian yeah. Michelle was just hitting on it. I was thinking the same thing. You do some interesting names. I think there's a horse named Mickelson. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Are you yeah, are uh, you talking to these guys or are you just Goo and Craig's? Yeah, you know, well, I I, I like to mix it up. So for I, I've been doing that when I was with Rockingham Ranch as well. You know, it's it, it's something that, that we've always tried um, to have some fun with, uh, whether it's it's athletes that we admire, um, 
restaurants that we love to go to uh, or, or personal friends. But I, I always think um, if there's ever an opportunity to get um, horse racing out into the, the media and out more into the public and get more people involved, it, uh, it, it's better for the sport. So, so for me, at least personally, you know, if, if you can get these, these guys out there and, uh, you know, athletes involved, whether it was, you know, guys like Gronkowski who got involved in the sport, I, I would love for, for someone like Phil Mickelson to, uh, you know, to, to get involved. I think it would be great for the sport. And uh, I can only hope that that ends up happening. Um, if this horse turns out to be as good as uh, I've been told he is. That is so cool. Wouldn't it be so cool? Hey, who's this? This is Phil Mickelson. I was just wondering if I can come uh, watch this horse run a race. Why didn't you, wait, <laughs> wait, hold on. Why didn't you name him Lefty? Well, that that there is a lefty. Oh, there is. There's already lefty. Was it taken? That I, you know, I have to say the the, one of the greatest apps I have on my phone is the is the naming the the jockey club naming app. I I use it all the time. I'll I'll be in the car (laughs) driving. You reserve them. That's awesome. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, all the time. It's probably one of my most used apps on my phone because the second (laughs) if I don't reserve it when I when I hear it, I'll forget it. Right. So Um, you just get on there. So. Hey, Br- Brian. Was, yeah, a, I mean, I, was I, a son of student council, by the way, Billy. Yes, you're right. I remember. Uh, Brian, I, I, you know, it's interesting because you've done a lot in a very short time in this game. You've been to Dubai. You've won uh, huge races. You've, you've participated in Triple Crown events in those huge days. And now it's almost like you're starting over. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned with your expectations because you've had all this success and now you're doing it by yourself. Are you worried that, uh-oh, now I'm on my own, now I'm buying my own horses and you know, I've been to these huge races. I don't just want to win a a $35,000 claiming race at uh, Del Mar on a Thursday. No, because ultimately I got to, I got to pay my bills as well. So, so for me, um, you know, this, this is one of the benefits of of doing it on my own. Um, my expectations are totally different. I, 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 I have to make live with the decisions that I've made and I, I put up the money myself. Whereas before I was, uh, you know, playing with somebody else's money, if you, if you could say that. But um, uh, so, so to me, I, I don't have any expectations other than I have goals. And I, I hope that I meet those goals. Um, but uh, ultimately, this is, this is really, it, 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 it's a business, but it's fun. And it's, a, it's an amazing sport. And, and I just hope that uh, I am blessed with the same success that I've had in the past. Brian, Billy just mentioned some of the things that you have done we call our show the horse ownership experience because we like to talk about these experiences in your mind. What was the most exciting horse racing story you could tell us, you know, whether it be a win or just something that happened, um, a moment, anything. Wow. Well, um, I, I have been very blessed to be a part of some, some pretty cool experiences. Um, I will say that as much as it was special to, to do these, the Breeders' Cup uh, victories back to back with Stormy Libel and and Roy H, uh, and, and and was an amazing experience. I don't think anything will compare to the experience this past year with uh, with X Y Jet mm-hmm. um, winning right. the Dubai Golden Shaheen. I it was it was very emotional for me because that was really the turning point for me when we first went to Dubai, Gary and I, to watch X Y Jet. We had just bought in on the horse, and he lost by a nose. Uh, and we thought he was going to win that race, and he just got caught. And um, on that flight home, uh, Gary and I were sitting next to each other, and he said, you know, do you want to do this full-time? This is something that I would love to, to you know, 
to, to dive into deeper, but I need somebody to really watch the operation. And that was for me a turning point for, for, for to, to really truly dive in full time into the, the sport. Um, so to come full circle uh, four years later, and um, after being caught one more time uh, at the wire, uh, and, and finally win that race, uh, it was it was very emotional. And I think I, I it was truly something I'll never forget. Makes a lot of sense. Can you, t- can you tell us about the mo- like? Can you where were you when you were watching the race, and how did you root him home? Well, uh, it was was great. I, the other special thing about that was this was really the first trip that my wife came with me on a, on a horse racing trip. So all those other trips, I was out there doing my thing, and my my amazing wife was back home watching our kids and watching on TV. Um, but uh, she she came with me on this trip, and we had an amazing trip. Uh, we we were watching the race in the paddock up on the big screen because you can't see the backside from the from the the uh, mm-hmm. the, the paddock area, and. Uh, uh, literally just as, as people were cheering and watching him come down the stretch, I kept, I, I, I had already twice lost by a nose with that. With that <laughs> right. You're like looking around watching, for like watching that horse close. And, <laughs> yep, there was no somebody, biscuits. Anybody that was coming. Um, and uh, I'd not until he hit the wire did I finally just have a, an absolute, you know, relief of, of just sheer joy. Uh, I looked over and I saw uh, George pointing up to the skies with his entire family which he travels with an entourage um uh hugging him and i just you know looked at my wife and kissed her and said we finally did it so uh yeah i was right down there in the mix of it and then got to go out there with the horse as he came back in um from the track and uh, congratulate the jockey and and just yeah it's, it's amazing it was amazing and that's why people are getting into this game for experiences like that and that's why people are coming on the show as owners and and brian trump uh you know we Every time on this show, we ask people for advice. We have a lot of for people who are listening right now. My friend Dale's out there listening. I know my mom's listening too, and even though she's been around it for a long time, we always ask for a little piece of advice, a little tidbit. The one thing that you found most important, especially when making this transformation from racing manager to individual owner, what is that, what is that little piece that you can give, that little advice that you can give our, our uh, listeners? A uh, good friend of mine, uh, Dave Landsman, who um, you know, owned uh, I Want Revenge and uh, Squirtle Squirt. Squirtle Squirt. Early in, in the Rockingham Ranch career, um, was very influential in helping run the, run the stable and, and giving us uh, advice. But um, he told me early on, he said, you, you need to surround yourself with a, a, a small group of people that you, you trust. And I, I, to this day, I, I'll never forget that because I think, you know, so many people want to get involved and offer their opinions. And, you know, so many, oh gosh, I, how many bloodstock agents have you, have you met where they, they always tell you about the ones that went well, but none of them ever tell you about the ones that didn't pan out. And, and that list is, is always longer. So I, I think you really got to just, everyone's got an opinion and everyone wants to help. But at the same time, you really got to stick to your small core group of people that you truly trust. And, and and then once you you confide in them, go with your gut. And I think that's the best advice that I could. That's pretty. Share. That's pretty good advice. One more thing, because Michelle and I are both very involved in aftercare. Brian, what is your? Do you have yeah. an aftercare organization? Are you uh, working you with put people? Put in a good word for me to have X Y Jet when he's done. Your <laughs> yes, that's basically where this yeah, was we going. Can, we can... <laughs> I uh, I would I, I don't have a specific aftercare alliance uh, program that that I um, have worked with. Um, but that being said, uh, 
back when I was with Rockingham Ranch and doing all these um, these hat donations and everything, and we would sell these hats and we would sell them for way above what they cost and donate the, the proceeds to uh, multiple different aftercare alliances uh, and organizations. Um, so uh, that being said, you know, with 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 horses, absolutely, uh, it is important that uh, you have an end game for their career, and I think that's. Um, uh, owed to these these athletes because they they really truly um, give their all for for their owners. So for for, for me and and with Supreme Racing, that is something that uh, I will make sure to protect my my athletes, my equine athletes. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate that, Brian Trump. We wish you the best of luck with your new group, Supreme Racing. If someone wants to follow you, I, I know you're a big Twitter presence. Is there a website? Is there anything else you can pitch us? So so our uh, our yeah, no, I appreciate that. What it, what Thank you. Uh, yeah, in the next in the next week, I should have uh, SupremeRacing.com up and running. It's currently being built, and uh, uh, it'll just basically have a link um, on there. Is also that follows to the to my Twitter account, which is seems to be my most active um, uh, way of keeping in touch with the horses, and that's uh, real R E A L Brian Trump uh, on Twitter. And uh, it just uh, it's it's easy for me to get on there and, and post pictures of the horses and their workouts and and if anyone's interested, uh, love to share it and if not, you don't have to follow it. No worries. No, yeah, absolutely. That's what we tell people too. Uh, Brian Trump, great. Be- best of luck with Supreme Racing. I'm sure we'll see you at Del Mar. Probably we we look forward to having yeah. you have, have some runners down there. Looking forward to it as well. And thank you guys as always. All right. Thank Th- you so much, Brian. Thanks for coming on the show. It's Brian Trump right. of. You guys Sup- have a good one. You too, you Brian too. Trump. Not Donald Trump, Brian Not Trump, Donald Trump of Supreme Race. It'd be kind of funny if you accidentally said Donald Trump was on the horse ownership what he, experience. What if Donald Trump had a son named Brian Trump? That'd be pretty. That'd be pretty messed up for Brian, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I uh, good guess, Do Michelle. You really put in a good word for me to get XY Jet. <laughs> Absolutely not. I think you have no chance of getting XY Jet. Um, well, Jorge. well he, Jorge cannot ride him, so for yeah. sure, in like the next five years when he's done being a racehorse, I should. I be. hope you know. I, I, this is sincere, and I meant that question. Uh, I asked about expectations because. He has I, I been. I love the way you phrased it too. Like I'm concerned about. Yeah, your like well, he's been he's been at the top of the world. He's won a, a you know races in Dubai and Breeders Cups and and had all the success. And when you're first getting into the game, because he's basically starting over and he's buying horses and he's he's spending a lot of his own money. These training bills are are very expensive, and uh, it's going to be interesting Gosh, to what see. Do you think training is on ninety horses. Well, I can tell you. I mean, if you would just take a round number, take take five thousand dollars a month, like four hundred and five thousand dollars a month for training only. Yeah, wow. it's crazy. It's crazy. So I just, I not that I worry about him because obviously he has um good. He's got great people behind him, and he's obviously he has his father in law um to to guide him as well. Uh, but it is a different. It's a different animal when mm-hmm. all of a sudden, and he, I think he admits it. Uh, so it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to watch and follow. And, you know, maybe Brian's a good man to bring back about a year from now after he's had this experience to say to uh, some of the pitfalls, some of the things he do differently, uh, uh, when he does finally get, get, um, goes out on his own. So, uh, appreciate that though, Michelle. I thought it was a great idea bringing him on and, uh, let's talk about what's coming up this week. So at Santa Anita this week, uh, we do have Monday racing because it is Memorial Day. So as far as like events go, uh, if you are a vet or a current military, you get in for free Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Everyone's free on Friday. Um, on Saturday is the Red, White, and Brews, and it's a uh, beer and 
cider festival. Actually, I said beer and sour, which I'm not entirely sure what that is. Uh, on beer Sunday, and sour? Yeah. What the heck is that? I don't know. Like, I thought it was cider at first, but I saw the, the ad that says sour. Okay. Okay. Um, the Corgi Nationals are on Sunday. So if you're a Corgi fan, there will be about a thousand of them in the infield. And that's the Corgi races. That's super fun. Saturday, Sunday, and Monday is the Family Fun Carnival in the infield. And that's always a really good time. Uh, and Monday, there is a $500 Gold Cup Handicapping Challenge. As far as the races go, on Saturday, our highlights are the Triple Bend, the Whitney, and the Daytona. On Sunday, it is the Monrovia and the Summertime Oaks. And then Monday, for Memorial Day, we are going to have the Grade 1 Gold Cup, the Grade 1 Shoemaker Mile, and the Grade 1 Gamely, who I believe Vasilika is aiming for. Yep. Uh, I know Ohio is aiming for the shoemaker. I think there's going to be a lot of good horses. I think the shoemaker is going to be the race of the of the weekend. I think and you Billy, have. You're, what's that? Your favorite in the Whittingham? Yeah, I think uh, right now very small field lining up for the Whittingham, uh, and I think Marky's Water is going to be one of, if not the favorite in the race, which is exciting for a Calbred. I think I mean, I'm the only person that like roots him on every single time he's just a neat he's a really cool horse you, you if, wait till you see i mean when you see him he's just you know he doesn't do anything spectacular but he's just a really cool horse and you know what uh, i like about him is i love excuses and i feel like every time he hasn't won you've been like oh here's the excuse like you've had it and i'm like oh great because then i could chuck it well, up the next time yeah the day he ran in the calbred stake he he had a entrapped epiglottis which is the right. same thing that omaha beach had and they decided not to run. We, of course, were dumb enough to try to run, which you learned your lesson. <laughs> Don't do that. Highly recommend not running with an entrapped epiglottis. Um, and uh, he had a legit excuse. And it, it, look, certain horses kind of need certain things their own way. The race he lost to Epical was his first race after that. And, and I think he probably needed that race. And look how good Epical is. And there was no speed that day. I mean, you can, you know, a lot of times... You can look at a race and you can say, okay, I can give you the reason why this horse didn't win this race. And let me tell you, sometimes it's he wasn't good enough. Right. And a lot of people don't want to hear that answer, but that's the, that's the but most that's the common answer. The matter. It's the fact of the matter. But I think if you really watch races closely, and I'll give you another example. If you're a handicapper and you've been at Santa Anita for the past two and a half, three weeks, who you wins on the turf? You, ha- you have to be up close. I mean, you, you've had no shot. Now, I don't know what these, the, the rains that have come, and, and maybe it slows down this week, or maybe the course changes. And in fact, I think I mentioned this last week. I, don't, I talked to Flavian Pratt, and I asked him, I said, why are frontrunners just winning? And he even said, he goes, I don't know. The track is the same. You know, it's not, yeah. it's not harder or softer. He goes, it's just one of those crazy things that you have not been able to close on this turf course. So for this weekend, what you, you, what you may want to do is look back in the past at horses who have who have not had a chance, mm-hmm. um, just because of their running style, and if they're big prices this week, kind of see if front runner how front runners do early in the or, or like on Friday and on Saturday, and then and then you might be able to get some big scores. Um, I thought there was a, a neat horse that we didn't talk about that's running this weekend uh, or in the gamely, and that's Ollie's Candy is coming back. Oh, Remember I didn't that? Oh, she was back. She's back. Um, and she's supposed to run in the uh, gamely against Vasilika, and she's been transferred to John Sadler. That's I was going to ask you who has her Yep, now. John Sadler. And they're also looking for uh, Rimska and Ahimsa, and uh, those two names are really hard to say, uh, Alicia's World and Meal Ticket in the gamely. $500,000 okay. grain one and a mile and an eighth on the turf. Um, 
but the race I really the race I'm really excited for is the shoemaker because you have um Ohio. Well, you have Ohio, who's a formal former claimer, uh, which is a great story. And then you have uh um what's his name that just won? Uh, Delta Prince. Oh, is Delta Prince Delta coming? Prince is coming. So Delta Prince had actually shipped out here right. to run and then um our races got canceled that weekend, so he went back and he won a grade one. He won the Makers Mar- Makers 46 yeah. mile. And so now, I guess they're going to send him back out here. So that's really exciting to now, see that he is going to be uh, involved, and that'll be a nice throwdown. Yeah, and uh, Joel Rosario is in to ride, so nice to, always nice to see Rosario. Um, Sharp Samurai, who's kind of back a little bit. Um, mm. Catapult, who I think is very good. He really he comes from off the pace, so he's gonna have. So to does Delta Prince. Uh, Blitzkrieg, who's been red hot after the claim. Oh, is he gonna run back? Yep. He just won the San Francisco Mile. Yep. Uh, Bolo, oh, nice. Bolo, who made his comeback uh, about a month ago, who's an ex very classy horse, and Riverborn. I think it's a really cool race. Great race. Yeah, yeah. Really so great. That's race. something to look forward to. Okay. Yeah, I like it. All right, we look. And we're Bolo, done early. Bolo. Bolo was one of those horses that if you like comebackers that show interest, you'll love him because he like led and then he ended up finishing like fifth. Yeah, that was to Marquis Water. Yeah, but he ran for a horse coming off an extended layoff like that. Like you like that, right? A horse that gets up, shows interest, and then gets tired going a route off the layoff. Yeah, I I agree. Um, we did lose two Southern California horses. I'm reading about right now, and Campaign and Giant Expectations are both going to New York. Oh, really? Yep. Campaign's going to run in the Brooklyn um, for John Sadler. is in New York, too. Yeah, well, now's the time. I mean, now's the time that a lot of horses are going to ship um, for those big races back east. Uh, we just uh, we get a little quiet after this weekend um, with a couple weeks at Los Al, and then everybody will come back for Del Mar. And are we going to have our Del Mar versus Saratoga talk? Yeah, we sure we can. We should. Who did we? Ha- I thought we had someone from back east last year. I don't remember. I, I keep a list of all of our people and I write down all of their um, advice, but I don't m- mark other things right. on there. Okay. So like around this time last year, who do we have? Larry Carp. Oh, he was the good. The Generazios. They were Michael good too. Dub, Sol Cumin. So, I mean, it might have been Sol because we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, it was Sol. He does both. Okay. Yeah. Maybe we get Sol back on the show. It'd be nice to hear from him. We haven't talked to him in a while. Remember, we had that. We talked to him about uh, his big fit lady Eli. It's so um, it's so hard to talk to Saul right now because he owns you know shares of ninety five <laughs> and a half horses a day that run. I think it's like Saul's got to have like he must have two hundred horses to just watch his horses run. Exactly, exactly. Michelle, you're a genius. Thank you so much. Thanks to our sponsors, TaylorMade, uh, Santa Anita, Del Mar. Really appreciate all you guys do. And the listeners out there, we hope this has been entertaining and informative. We always want to bring guests on who can give you a little bit more about horse ownership. Uh, we and if will you look... have suggestions, send them on in. Absolutely. At OwnAHorse uh, is our Twitter feed. Yes. All right, Michelle, next week, uh, it's quite... we'll have a re- re- recap. Oh, no. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to reach out to Barbara. I'm going to see if we can do it. I'm going to just tell him, can we just get five minutes? Right? Yeah. It's not that hard. What if we just like, we, even if we can like meet him in the paddock and record it on like our phones and then just play it back? That'd be great. All right. Well, thank you for and bringing ask on. Him why he didn't go to Preakness. Yes. He wasn't there? I did not see him in the winner's picture. Someone now. else said that. My dad said that. He said, no, Where's Barber? Huh. It's like, Where's Waldo? Can I just say one thing too? Ab- oh, you didn't do your aftercare corner. Um, 
I, you know, I didn't have any major aftercare stories this week, unfortunately. Okay. Um, the. Hey, can I make a suggestion who I'd like to have on the show? Yeah. I'd like to get one of these guys who do these, uh, that are really, really good at the handicapping tournaments. Okay. I mean, I know it's not owners, but sure, I think, I'll I think, on next week. I think a lot, like I want to know strategy in the, in just the $2 win in place. I want to know strategy when you're doing live money, you know, one of these guys who really gets it and can. I've got a good friend. He won, not this last one, but the one before he won at Santa Anita on track. Who is it? Um, I don't know if he, I'm allowed. I, I don't know if he has to go by his real name or his. Well, alias. go with his alias. Well, I don't know because I don't know if he went by his real name Ooh. or his alias. And like, if uh, I tell you one secret. of the other, okay, all right. Well, know, let's find, find out. out. All right. Can I just have something that annoys me real quick? Absolutely. It's, been, it's the sales this week, right? So yeah. we're watching Phasic, and it's awesome because they have like a YouTube channel, so you just right. pop it up on the TV and you can watch the sales. It makes me insane that the sales ring does not include any of the on track working videos. What do you like, mean on? Oh, but like they usually do, but they don't. But so if you're watching the feed, all you see is hip four ninety one. what the current bid is. And that's it. It doesn't show the pedigree. It doesn't show what they worked in and it Whoa. doesn't show the work. Video. Okay. Okay. Can I just, <laughs> can we just back up for a second? Yes. Okay. First of all, in the auditorium for the people who are bidding, they have videos of the workouts. Okay. Right. Um, you can scroll down if you're watching it. You can scroll and and pull up any video or any pedigree you want if you're watching no, it on I'm your computer. I'm talking about if you if you have it on the TV and you're watching like the YouTube channel, then right. you know you can't. Well, but like, that well, you need an interactive TV. I have an interactive TV. Right. All right. Well, but you, then you go away from the. But bidding. remember like, this I've, feed. I've saying, like, what I'm saying is the used feed. Used to do this at their two-year-old in a training sale, right? They'd show the horse come in the ring, and then they would show the work video, and then they'd come back to the horse. Like, okay. Well, you know, let's call. Let's call Facey like, Tickman. Let's call him. Let's call Boyd. One can the man out of the mayor right. Aberforth, a bay colt consigned by Kirkwood Stables agent. Right. You know, worked I understand. Ten and four. Like that whole time he's saying that he could have shown the ten and four work and yeah. then gone. Okay. We'll make a call. Integrated, please. I hope that the Santa Anita sale integrates the work video. Integrated. I'm excited for that sale. Yeah, let's do it. When is it? June uh, the sixth, June sixth. Are you bringing any? Yeah, did you guys get rid of all your pin hooks. No, or? we got we have two more to sell in about the next half hour at uh, Facig, and then we're bringing uh, in Maryland, and then we're bringing I think three out to Santa Anita. Oh, very exciting! So it'll be fun. Yeah, if anybody wants you, what, to, how'd you decide what to bring out here? You know, a lot of times, Michelle, and we have to go, by the way, just uh, Ronan's going to kill us. Um, Sorry. But um, it, it, uh, many times it's which horse you think fits which track, which, you know, we had a Maryland bred. teeny, teeny track. Yeah, we had a Maryland bred, though, that we took there. We, you know, some horses um, get a little tiny injury then, and it, it, they, they miss two weeks of training and you miss a sale. So you end up going to that sale. I mean, there's so many factors, but we can talk about that next week. Okay, sounds great. All right, Michelle, have a great day. We'll see you at the track this weekend. We'll see you at Santa Anita. Thanks to Brian Trump. Thank you, TaylorMade, Santa Anita, Del Mar. We'll see you next week on the Horse Ownership Experience. You're listening to the Horse Ownership Experience with Billy Koch and Michelle Yu, right here on LA Talk Radio. Absolutely sensational, California.
California Chrome. California Chrome. All the way to the Kentucky Derby. California Chrome wins impressively. He's gone into overdrive. California Chrome wins the Dubai World Cup. One of the greatest performances you'll ever see. Chrome turns to gold.